Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed live on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. You guys are in for a treat today. We have an amazing guest. Um, as you know, on this platform, we believe in putting the spotlight on the shadow world, which also means putting the spotlight on truth and elevating truth any way possible. Um, now, you've heard a lot about my opinions about what I believe, what's going on with the fourth industrial uh, evolution, with the singularity, with uh, the Great Reset, with COVID, with the vaccines. You've heard my opinion, uh, but now we're going to bring a doctor on. So you guys are in for a treat. The one, the only doctor, Robert Yoho, is going to be on today. And uh, we're going to listen. This is probably going to be in your face. I don't have a huge back history on the doctor and our guest but I will tell you that any physician that's willing to stand up and speak truth is somebody that I definitely want on this platform and definitely someone you want to listen to. So those of you note takers out there, you might want to take some notes. And uh, those of you that are just here watching on social media, um, I appreciate you sharing and tagging a friend. Those of you watching on the network, thank you for supporting our podcast. Thank you for supporting the TV version uh, of the show. Your support means a lot. We have literally, the last week, we have tripled our audience every single day, and it's because of your support. So thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, we're in for a treat. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. Uh, no DJing today. Uh, we have actually, as soon as this broadcast is over, we have somebody that's coming over uh, to do an in-person interview, and I'm super excited about that. But man, it, it's about time. I'm I'm so pumped about having someone on here that has the credentials because, you know, most people don't listen to you unless if you have credentials because credentials matter to some people. Um, and, 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 and rightfully so, because they've earned a lot of the people that have these credentials, uh, they did, they earned it. Not all of them are sellouts, not all of them. I mean, a lot of them honor their code and, uh, I'm, I'm blessed. In fact, our, our guest has two books out hormone secrets. Now I find this interesting. We had a guest last week that discussed hormones, adrenal glands, adrenaline, emotion, and things like that. Um, but this is a subject for me that I find fascinating. Untreated menopause is a tragedy. We should never deny hormone therapy to any man or woman who can benefit from it. So this book, Hormone Secrets, and those of you that are watching on the network, you'll be able to see the media kit as soon as this is over. Uh, you'll be able to find all links to his books, where to buy it. Trust me, you're going to want to be all over this. But this is this is awesome because I... Man, I can't wait to talk to him about that. The second book, without going into too much detail, Butchered by Healthcare. What do 
what to do about doctors, big pharma, and corrupt government ruining your health and Medicare, medical care. Man, this is going to be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Dr. Robert Yoho. What's up, doctor? How you doing, sir? Joshua, thank you so much for your gracious introduction. And at the very beginning, I want to tell you that I'm, I've am i left the Foreign Legion. I'm retired. You don't have to doctor me. You're welcome to call me Robert. And let me, okay, I know, I understand. I've got, you know, I've got this huge, I've got a 20 page uh, resume and everything else, like a lot of 68 year old uh, retired physicians have. But um, so let me just do the 30 second disclaimer. Now, I uh, forgive me, there are so many lawyers running around that I, I have to do this. So, this, if you have specific medical problems, go to see your licensed provider, you know, doctor or whoever, and get advice from them. And you can't regard this as uh, specific medical advice. So I'm sorry to have to say that, but, uh, and I, I've got 500 references in each one of my books. And this, this one's, I'm a healthcare whistleblower. So I wrote a book about healthcare corruption called Butchered by Healthcare. And so that's what got me into this thing. And in the last few months, I've realized that the important story is COVID, the vaccine, and the withheld therapy. So that's what I've been talking about recently. And these things are sort of a continuation of the same big pharma strategy that they had before, only the the, the entitlement and the scale of it is a multiple of what it was before. And of course, what we're seeing with the cooperation of the media and the tech company and the politicians I mean, it's just, it's stunning. So if you will let me, I will explain to your listeners how the money goes around. Cause this is, Please. this is sort of the, what the most important uh, elements of this. So it, to understand it, you have to understand the money, follow the money, right? Absolutely. Okay. So you, you have to understand that we've rained money on our healthcare system. We are per capita or per person spending is twice what any other developed country is. It's twice Canada's per person, twice England, twice France, twice Australia's. And despite this, about half of our medical services are either useless or damaging. And this is not academically controversial. These, those, there are many, many papers and literatures uh, that suggest that. And these are promoted by unscrupulous or perhaps criminal groups. And when when you rain money into an industry like that, you bring in the entrepreneurs and, frankly, the criminals. So that's that's sort of what um, what has happened in the United States and elsewhere to a lesser extent. So to to really get it, you have to understand that healthcare in America, which is four trillion dollars, is about the same size as the federal government. So its power is almost unlimited, and their ability to bribe and buy off Congress with lobbying dollars is unlimited. So they, they run the show and uh, the pharmaceutical companies are at the center of this thing. Another nice number to understand is that how big these tech companies are. For example, Apple and Google alone, their market caps or their total value of their stock is larger than our federal government's yearly expenditures. So their influence flexing is perhaps not unexpected. It's 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 stunning, but when something gets this big, it, it throws it it pushes other things around. So 
and we have 50 to 70% of US citizens taking prescription drugs. This is more than anywhere else. And Big Pharma's worldwide gross is 1.3 trillion, which is more than the gross domestic products of most countries, 40% of its revenues and 75% of its profits come from the United States. So they focus on us. So these guys, these pharmaceutical corporations violate more criminal laws than any industry in history as measured by their criminal settlements with U.S. federal prosecutors. Now, just think about that for a minute. They have their own Wikipedia, Wikipedia page of shame, and your <laughs> listeners can Google that right now. Just go to Big Pharma criminal settlements, and you'll see the 22 drug makers payoff since 2004, and it's billions of dollars a year. The prosecutors let them get away with this. They get paid off. It's too difficult to try these cases, apparently, and there's a book about it called The Chicken Shit Club, which is about the federal prosecutors, because instead of dismantling these unethical corporations, or at least dismantling one of them in a, in a big court action, what they've done is they've taken payoffs. So here's a quote from Peter Rost, who's a former Pfizer marketing vice president. It's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob. Obscene amounts of money, killings and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law-abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities, People do things they don't think they're capable of because the group can validate what you're doing is okay. That's from his book, The Whistleblower. So their attitude towards the rest of us, doctors included, is exemplified by Harry Lloyd, who was a uh, CEO of one of these companies, who was responsible for marketing chloramphenicol, which was an antibiotic that killed a lot of kids. He said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. And he, he, yeah, he stopped after, and that's their attitude towards the, the patients and the doctors. He stopped promoting the drug only after it went off patent and became less profitable. So the next part of the puzzle is the FDA. And the FDA was started decades ago to protect American consumers. And it, it was, it had an excellent reputation. It protected us from several problems that resulted from drugs that were brought in from other countries. But it's been entirely a creature of pharma, big pharma since the early 2000s. And the way this happened is the bulk of their revenues, over half since this time when the rules were changed, have been paid directly by the pharmaceutical companies through what's called user fees. Now, these are things, these are fees that are incurred during the patent process. So the pharmaceutical companies or the FDA began to regard the pharmaceutical companies as a client, as clients rather than entities to be regulated. So, yeah, it's freaking crazy. So if the FDA refuses to approve a drug, they sometimes have trouble making payroll. So they're basically a lackey in pharma's marketing department, and nothing that comes out of the FDA can be regarded as truthful uh, outside of the, their goal of promoting the drugs. So since then and before then, the FDA and pharma working together have shamelessly faked the studies that are required for drug patents. So to give you an idea about this, one of the perceptive reviewers of the thing, Peter Gercha, who was a founder of Cochrane Reviews, which is the most respected source in medicine. 
He wrote, quote, the pervasive scientific misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems among all the garbage. And what he was referring to was statistical manipulation, hiding studies that don't promote drug marketing, use of out-of-country contract research groups to promote their frauds, and many other things. And I'm going to give you a chance to ask some questions right now, but before I do, this is the title of a British medical journal editorial, and the BMJ is one of the top five medical journals in the world in June, July 2021, and the title is Time to Assume That Health Research is Fraudulent Until Proven Otherwise. So uh, let me stop here for a second, and you can uh, hit me with a few questions if you'd like, or I can continue. Well, I mean, I could sit here and listen to you for hours, and but I, I want to I ask the probably one of the most simple questions. When did this start? in your opinion. I mean, I know greed has been around forever and payoffs have been around forever, but with the FDA specifically, because I, I came into the world of entertainment and media through healthcare. I worked with complex disabilities for 18 years. So spinal cord injuries, ALS, muscular dystrophy, wound care. I used, I mean, I've fought insurance companies. I've fought the FDA. I, I mean, I've been very, very involved in this. And Again, I mean, I knew even when I first started that I was up against. It was like it's like fighting a war with somebody that is not going to play fair, and I knew that from day one. It was just obvious, and so I learned how I learned how to function and succeed in healthcare was basically using the rules that were given to us by Medicare, the insurance companies, the guidelines that we had to follow. We found their rules and just found ways to use their own rules against them. That was the only chance we had at succeeding was playing the game. Now, so back to my question, when do you think this all started with the FDA? Because if it started with a great reputation, it starts off pure. When does it go corrupt? Well, when the FDA became funded by pharma around 2003 through user fees, um, the cat was out of the bag. Now, the pharmaceutical companies have a long history of criminal prosecution and fraudulent behavior. And there's a, a company which you may know as Bayer Aspirin. Bayer is a, yeah. uh, okay. So they were part of the consortium that manufactured Zyklon B in World War II. So these these guys were not, they, they weren't uh, players with integrity um, and since since that time period. But the real problems have come since 2000. And since 2000, everything has sort of gone to hell in a handbasket. And, uh, you know, some of my smart friends say that they haven't respected any literature that's come out of medicine since 2000, because it's all been so adulterated with these industry influences. So, I mean, the whole thing has been a slow slide, and you have to regard the players against us as criminals. And your listeners... Who are largely religious people, it's hard for them to fathom someone with a sociopathic or criminal personality. They just don't have ethics. And we wonder how can they possibly behave in that fashion? Don't they have a conscience? And why aren't they uh why aren't they feel why don't they feel guilty? Well, they don't have the uh they don't have the uh, inherent 
uh, capacity to do that on a genetic level or whatever it is. So they're, uh, they're sociopaths and your listeners should listen, uh, should look up the definition of that. And it basically, these are people without ethics and without a compass, except for narcissism or their own, uh, their own needs and wishes. Hey man, I know what that like, I mean, not plugging my own book, but I mean, it's right in front of me and I lived that life. And when you say like, when people ask, how could you do this? And right. I'm thinking about the criminal element that, you know, runs the world, basically. I, like, I know how I did my own evil, you know, and I can, in, in some way, sympathize it to some degree, have it, but having been on the other side of it and now have rehabilitated my life, like, I can't imagine wanting to do evil to anyone, you know, but it's, I also know what it's like to be greedy. And mind you, I don't have the same kind of success that these guys do and the power and the control and the ability to control and persuade and to influence. Like, I don't have that kind of uh, influence. I mean, hell, I don't even think the, pre the president doesn't have that kind of influence. That said, I do get evil. I do get all of that. But I also know that it doesn't belong here. And we got to do something about it. And there's a lot of people, as I've rehabilitated my life and turned my life around, I see a lot of people suffering, but have been blinded by this deception for so long. They believe that they can trust the news. I mean, my God, it's gotten to a place because of the news that people believe a guy that couldn't control computer viruses is actually going to be able to control a man-made weaponized virus. Why are we taking... Dr. Yoho, why are we taking medical advice from a computer programmer? Can you can you answer that? No. Um, I have a lot more in my presentation about the wall of lies that we're facing. Um, but and I, to to stay to uh, speak to your points about your rehabilitated life, if you don't have a focus on others, your life is meaningless a focus Amen. on doing some good in the world. And uh, these people don't have anything like that. And I'm talking about the heads of the tech giants and the, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's the whole thing is a lot bigger than just healthcare, but let me take your listeners through healthcare and finish this. Um, Please. Uh, okay. So, I mean, the medical journals are in the service of the medical industry, 95% of their articles are now ghostwritten by corporate sources. And the editors who are the most sophisticated people in healthcare and who should be the ultimate arbiters of the science are paid tens to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands each directly by the industry. I don't know how it, they get away with it, but this is published. And so uh, here I, I live on quotes. So forgive me for another quote. This is from Cicero, who is a Roman senator and orator he said nothing is so strongly fortified that it cannot be taken with money so people underestimate the effects of bribes or payoffs or salaries on people's integrity and even for doctors who are trained in ethics and we have the patient first uh, attitude and many of us are still tremendously idealistic even we are inevitably focused, uh, uh, influenced by uh, payoffs, bribes, and even a dinner. So, what kept you from doing it? Why didn't <laughs> no, you look, compromise your values? Uh, look, Why didn't you? Tell I, that? I'm no saint. I 
I did my best and I swam in this ocean for many decades. And I, towards the end of my um, medical career, um, I started looking at these um, corruptions and I originally got interested in it because I was prescribing hormone hormones to menopausal women because when you're 65 your patients are in their 50s and all my patients are women and i saw these incredible results with these hormones and i realized that these things were being run down by these industry sources uh primarily the fda which had put warnings on these most valuable medications we've ever had. These things have been around 90 to 120 years. Thyroid's been around 120 years, and it might be one, it's well, it's certainly one of the most valuable medications in the entire formulary. And the industry sources cooperating with the FDA were running these uh, drugs down and putting warnings about cancer and heart disease and strokes on things like testosterone. And it turns out all to be uh, nonsensical. It's not true. Uh, and so I wrote Hormone Secrets about that. And just to give you a, a prelude for what this is about, and I think it's too much for us to get into uh, today. We're working on the uh, <laughs> the apocalypse, right? Um, <laughs> so to give you an idea about the hormone secrets and the lies that have been promulgated, we have a, uh, Alzheimer's, which you probably are quite familiar with. Everyone has a relative who's had Alzheimer's. It's the most yeah. expensive disease in America if you count long-term care costs. Alzheimer's, in some uh, uh, literature, has been prevented, 80% has been prevented by women who take estrogen from the time of their change of life or the time of their menopause. Now, what we have now, though, is we have 10 different patented drugs that are supposedly treatments for Alzheimer's, but not even the people who invented them claim that they're very successful and they cost a thousand to $2,000 a month. And so what I did in hormone secrets, you can't document everything, but I put the 75 references about that in an appendix because I knew people wouldn't believe it unless they actually read the references in print. And you, you know, the, the, uh, the, the readers can go to those references and prove to themselves that what I say has foundation that much of Alzheimer's could be entirely prevented by hormone supplementation after the menopause. And it works for men too, but um, let's table that and go on to the rest of uh, COVID and the vaccine and the, the rest of it. So well, I remember when COVID first came out or when it first was unleashed, I, I was a little bit prepared for it just because I'd been watching. I watched event 201 because I believe they're telling us exactly what they're going to do. I read about Agenda 21 and Agenda 22 on the United Nations website. And I mean, I've, I've kind of been waiting for this. And I remember seeing the Terminator when I was seven years old. Yeah. The Lawnmower Man, which I watched last night again, going, I'm as a kid going, oh my God, this is really going to happen. And here we are. I personally, I want your thoughts on this. I personally think. COVID was engineered and manufactured by our world leaders and unleashed on everybody to be able to usher in the Great Reset, which is going to then bring in the fourth industrial evolution. Uh, and then this in the end is all about the singularity, man merging with machine. Uh, 
Would you like to dismiss or shoot down everything I just said? Or no, 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 no. I, and look, look, we can't red pill everyone about all these ideas. But what you <laughs> said, what you said, is largely correct. But what your listeners can do is get into the show notes, and I've got references. And if they work on this stuff for a few hours, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a day, they'll understand the evidence between what, before what we're saying about what we're saying now i i think everything you said is accurate including the manufacturer in the lab we have tremendous evidence that uh that uh tells us that it was manufactured there's was a collusion between uh fauci and uh his financing um abilities and uh various groups in europe and the wuhan labs we have testimony from a um, a Chinese whistleblower, which I'll get into later, um, uh, that says that uh, the whole thing was manufactured as a bioweapon. So there's no doubt about any of that. Now, <laughs> I will shoot down the singularity idea. Okay. Oh. The, sing- the singularity. Now, forgive me for this. Uh, I just I'm disagree not- <laughs> with that one, Joshua. <laughs> okay. okay. The singularity idea is the idea that you can, that there will be a merging of man and machine that will. Uh, 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 enable people perhaps to be immortal or to achieve some other, um, uh, you know, some other miraculous, uh, uh, you know, abilities. So I, I think that that, that idea to give you a metaphor. Now, I'm sorry to be catty about this, but I'll give be, you a metaphor. Be catty as you okay. Want. <laughs> All right. You're welcome to be catty back. But I think that um, the singularity has exactly the same credibility as the phoenix group who believed that if they froze their head in its entirety they would be immortal <laughs> wait so a second. I, you remember that group i they do said, remember that group yeah they said that, that, that if they, they some of them froze their whole bodies but you know there there were problems with their refrigeration units and this and that and of course you know so anyway, sorry, sorry about that remark, but uh, I oh think no, that's... you can disagree with me. I just so I'm very into uh, the 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 man versus machine thing or van, man merging with machine. I've always have been, and when I first learned about mRNA technology, which was probably about six seven years ago, it was from it being used for mind control. And so then when I started seeing stuff about it being in the vaccines and they were testing it out a couple of years ago, and now with this rollout with their mRNA vaccines, my brain immediately went to, holy crap, they're trying to make, turn us into robots where they can control our every move and everything else. Can you now, speak to that? Yeah. So, um, Joshua, I believe that you exaggerate the abilities of science. And I think that ultimately... <laughs> Your, our best protection, our best protection against the ideas that science can save us, or medicine can save us, or um, you, you know that healthcare is absolute and perfect, is to develop a philosophy and understand that we get old and die, and that understand how limited our our medical science is. Now, I'm not saying we don't have miracles. Obviously, we have some miracles, and you know there are doctors that do miracles every day. But I think that the whole thing is much more limited than other people appreciate. And for the, your readers, now I, I'm hardly a reader anymore myself. I listen to podcasts all the time. But for your readers, I recommend Norton Hadler's books. And he can sort of tell the, your, your, your listeners how limited medical science is and what we should expect from it. 
fascinating. You're and di- we'll you're stick this stuff in the, the show notes. That are waiting on med beds. You know that, right? What's that again? You're disappointing all of the people that are waiting on the med beds. What's a med bed? Then <laughs> Star Wars. So in Star know. Wars, I guess I haven't seen any of the movies, but there's a bed that Han Solo lays on, and this laser goes over him and heals him. Yeah. You know, we there's... don't have anything like that. And the whole thing is much less, much less effective and much more limited and much more a sales job to make money. And, and my, anyway, so <laughs> let's, let's get, okay. So no, I, back, I did watch Terminator many times. I did watch, I did watch Terminator many times. Star Wars, Star Wars after the first three was beyond me. <laughs> I never saw any of them, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so. So let let me sort of uh, do the case against the uh, current situation in medicine first before we we go on to all these other topics, which are super important and uh, true. But, um, you know, people have to understand the basics first, in my opinion. So so we've got these. um, You know, I got to I got to use a frank word. We have these jackasses publishing medical articles right and what they do at the end of the article is they declare quote conflicts of interest which means that they who who paid them for this and who paid them for that so this doesn't really cleanse any filth from the process because (laughs) in government or law these issues result in firing or even criminal prosecution but in healthcare they get ignored so sophisticated observers can easily spot frauds in published manuscripts so for example in the COVID literature, such as it is, the vaccine papers, they often left out the hospitalization rate, which is a, a vital number. It's the only, it's second only to the fatality rate. And that was absent. So I have a brilliant friend who read every single COVID manuscript. And he said he thought probably it worked, but he couldn't tell without the complete data. So I prefer another explanation. And that is that Nietzsche said, and I forgive me for another quote here, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can't believe you. So since we've been lied to over and over again by these companies, you know, as their criminal settlements prove, um, if the vaccines had a net benefit, the studies would have included all the facts. So I don't believe based on their own published literature that the vaccines have any efficacy because they left out stuff. And this is standard operating procedure for the pharmaceutical companies. And I've seen lesser examples of this for for a decade, at least. For example, for thyroid, uh, the companies that were were trying to disprove that the um, pork thyroid, which has been used for 120 years, they were trying to uh, run that down. They used doses of pork thyroid that were too low to be effective, and they compared it against adequate doses of the patented drugs. So now your listeners may understand this next point, but I've got to run over it for the ones that haven't heard it before. Um, we, we know for sure that the vaccine causes substantial harm because we've got the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is the acronym V-A-E-R-S. So do you, you probably know that we have 17,000 deaths reported due to the vaccine and 800 80,000 hospitalizations and 800,000 bad reactions. So, and this is underreported because it takes 45 minutes to fill out a form. It's a voluntary thing that mainly the nurses and doctors do. And so 
the system is backed up and it's underreported. And there are some estimates that the underreporting is many fold. For deaths, it's probably threefold. So we probably have 45,000 deaths. Pa past vaccine have been yanked from the market after 50 deaths. So just think about that. This is a, it's, it's an insane story. It's hard to believe that uh, that is happening to us. And we fortunately, we still have enough rule of law that you and I can get on and talk to each other and disseminate our, our contents. And uh, but but this thing is criminal behavior. It's it's absolutely criminal. And if if we can get these people before a proper court, that I think they will be, you know, anyway. Proper so, court is the objective word there. Yeah, I know. It's the the uh, the court system seems to be uh, taken over. So and and we have to rely on people standing up and understanding what's going on, and and getting through the wall of <clears throat> propaganda. So my story about COVID was that when I heard it had 95% efficacy, I thought it was a joke because I knew industry hadn't produced any decent vaccines for 20 years. The influenza vaccine is ridiculously ineffective, and the listeners can go to Cochrane, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E, reviews, which is, again, the most respected source in medicine, and search for influenza vaccine, and you can read how ineffective it is right there. If it does anything, it's it's very modest, and it certainly isn't worth $100 billion that we paid worldwide plus for this. The HPV vaccine was rejected. The That's the human papilloma vaccine <coughs> is a um, wart, wart uh, vaccine, which supposedly prevented cervical cancer, but that was rejected by the Japanese entirely because half the studies were hidden. So... You know, the story is just crazy. Getting COVID produces immunity, but the vaccine doesn't prevent the disease at all. And so there was there was a uh, an effort and they changed the name, the definition of vaccine. So they didn't call it the unvaccine, but they just changed the definition. <coughs> so this thing seems to decrease disease activity for two to four months only, thus the jabs, you know, the repeat vaccinations. So this thing is the most profitable. These are the most profitable drugs in history. So just to, as a benchmark, the psychiatrists have a lot of profitable drugs. They only have 17% of us on these things, which is still a stunning number. They're amateurs by comparison with these, these people producing these vaccines. So that's not the bad story. I mean, you know, the bad story and your listeners probably know the bad story. This is the, I told you the mild stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I could go on or you can ask a question or two. Uh, go ahead and go on. I mean, I have 85 million questions, but I would like to hear what you have to say. So we knew that there were treatments for these viral illnesses well before COVID, a decade before the pandemic. They, they were good for the related viruses. And these are some of the safest drugs ever invented. And we've used billions of doses on humans. And I only became completely convinced of the pharmaceutical company's evil about three months ago when I realized that 80 to 85 percent of the fatalities that could that that occurred due to COVID could have been prevented by this combination of simple medications used early. So out of the 700,000 people in the U.S. who died of this thing by early October 2021, 
more than 500,000 could have been saved. So we've got the, the people who are concealing this have blood on their hands. And I mean, these to understand what's going on, you have to understand the standard operating procedure for pharmaceutical companies is to create fake studies and lying, <laughs> lying news reports and uh, all kinds of videos and blast the internet with this. And when I wrote Butchered by Healthcare, this was one of the most discouraging things that I learned was that big pharma dominates the internet for, for the drugs. And they, they, they have what, what's called link farms. You Google the name of a disease and it leads you to link farms, which is just a whole batch of uh, dead end alleys that are, that have very convincing academic papers, which are ghostwritten and famous academics put their name on it for a price, you know, news reports and all kinds of things that are just completely nonsense. So <laughs> hydroxychloroquine and more recently ivermectin were defamed by thousands of fake stories, tens of thousands of fake stories, studies and videos claiming mm -hmm. they were harmful. So Google, their original motto was do no evil, but they're honest people. So they changed that now. They don't say that anymore. And, uh, you know, their YouTube was sort of the center. We, we love YouTube, but it's sort of the center of the censoring cabal. So what, what questions do you have at this point, Joshua? I mean, there's so many directions to go. I, I, because I want to talk to you about HIV. I want to talk to you about graphene oxide, these settlements that you're talking about. Okay, how about this? Let's go with this one. Because no one ever talks about this. What is the solution? Because we can point fingers at it all day long. I can take, I can point people and go, here's your evidence right here and put their face in it. But it's not changing anything. It, no one, so... What is it that we can do to get control, to get on the other side of this where we can start just getting truth? Well, everybody's got to stand up because we're getting cannibalized, okay? We don't have any choice. I mean, if, if anybody is afraid to fight, they, they, it's too late to be afraid. You, you, are, you are going to be uh, chewed up by this thing. I mean, in Canada, it's looking like you're not going to be able to get out of the country without a, uh, a vaccine passport. And California would like to do that. I don't know whether they're going to be able to, but if, if the people who understand this disseminate their information and stand up, and I, I would suggest your listeners to look at the show notes and listen to the videos and so on and so forth. And it's all very credible. And it's you don't have to believe me. I don't recommend you believe anyone you see, but um, listen and see if you can find enough justification for this. And if you want the background of how medicine is degraded, you know, look at butchered by healthcare. It's got 500 references. You don't have to believe anything there either. But um, it's and it doesn't really it mentions COVID only once because it was published over a year ago. And I didn't think I had enough expertise to say anything but at this point we all have to stand up because it's it's this is a disaster and it's it has worldwide implication as you mentioned and um so that's that's what i think i mean we we, we have no choice what do people do because like for me i've been for for a junk former junkie that I was, 
I've avoided doctors. I mean, I trusted my drug dealer more than I trusted my doctor, which probably makes no sense. But I genuinely like I'm one of those people now that I don't I really avoid going to the doctor unless if I absolutely have to, because every time I was going, they were trying to get me to take some new vaccine. And I mind yeah. you, I have HIV and I and I I'm undetectable now and I like I don't have any complications from it. I've even been able to kind of offset the inflammation issue. But that said, every time I'd go to the doctor, they're like, hey, you should take this vaccine because you're going to get brain rot. Or so there was always some reason why I needed to take this different vaccine. And I've always said no, because something I've never taken a flu shot, never done any of that because something felt wrong about it. Well, I gave in one day um, and took this vaccine because they said it was going to give me um it was some kind of uh, blood poison that affects your brain. I forgot the name of it. There, that's and I they I, they got me in a moment that I they actually scared me and I gave in. I took the vaccine. This has been seven months ago, and three days later, my whole body broke out in these whelps. It was and I so. Needless to say, I'm not taking any vaccines ever again. I'm not doing that, but I don't trust my doctor. So my point is this. We are told our whole lives, these doctors go to medical school, they are trained, they're experts, we should trust doctors. But what do you do when you're now starting to go, wait a second, you've been pushing these vaccines and these vaccines are killing people. These vaccines are hurting people and people I love. So what am I supposed to do now as a patient going to see my doctor? What am I supposed to do about my own health care? What, what are the people supposed to do? So it's it's gotten so bad that you almost need physician-level expertise to navigate the healthcare system. <laughs> <clears throat> now I have a couple of blues clues to help your listeners. But um, I, I, don't, I don't want to um, state flat-footedly that the older vaccines are all bad. <clears throat> if you have any interest in investigating them, um, the uh, RFK Jr.'s website is a good resource, and there are problems with some of them, and there are some toxic uh, materials in them, but they, they don't certainly have the fatality rate that this, uh, this insane uh, concoction uh, has or the complication rate. I mean, you can have a stroke, and you can turn yourself into a golden retriever, and all you can do is bark, and you, know, you can't understand your friends, and they can't understand you, or you could die. Um, with this, uh, with this new thing. Um, but, um, you, the couple of resources that you have, you have to do your own research and you have to look at the, the studies and understand what's going on. And I suggest starting out with my book butchered by healthcare to sort of get an idea of what's going on. Um, but, um, there are two different things that are new since the internet age and more recently the last couple of years. First of all, you can get a second opinion from almost anyone uh, for a few hundred dollars or maybe a thousand dollars. You can go to any doctor in the country. You can go to the big medical centers. And some of these guys are superior animals. Okay. They not only know everything, but they have interpersonal skills. And a lot of doctors don't have the interpersonal skills and they, you may find someone elsewhere who can supervise your care at home and uh, your, your current doctor under threat of litigation may be able to um, uh, do the right thing, right? And they may have other ideas, but once you go to uh, 
Harvard, get the Harvard opinion and they write a letter for you. Um, the, uh, the other doctors essentially supervised by a larger authority. So that's number one. You can, you can, um, since Trump's, uh, executive order, uh, last year, he said that, uh, any patient can go anywhere virtually uh, even on a first visit, uh, with, since the COVID problem seemed to preclude in-person visits. Now, prior to this, the medical boards would censure doctors who did, um, anything but in-person visits, particularly the first visit. And it makes a certain kind of sense because you can get a lot of information from being in person and looking at someone. Um, but uh, in the internet era, we do have these other things available now. The second thing that you can do is you should, you should get, if you have an unusual disease, if you have a real problem like your HIV or cancer or something else, you should get into the patient groups online and you'll find people there who can help you, and some of them have just as much expertise, if not more, as some doctors. And they're volunteers, largely, and you can find someone who has the problem or has a relative who has a problem, and uh, they they can often uh, advise you about what to do next. So um, I assume you haven't abandoned uh, HIV meds altogether because those are a miracle, and there are things that 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 help, uh, you know, or are you a fortunate one that has been able to get off medications? I am not fortunate enough to be off the medication. Um, I I'm believing that one day that's going to be possible. And I, but there's not a day that goes by. I mean, I have to be very careful. You know, I've worked with physicians for most of my life um, and even plastic surgeons and dermatologists when I got into skincare, but you know, I, I, for as much backlash as I like to give the medical community and push back against big pharma and things like that, I thank God every day for the people that died trying to find a cure, the people that yeah. made, helped make this medication. I've been, I was fortunate to get to meet one of the doctors, Dr. Wolf, um, that was very instrumental at UCLA in helping make the medication that I personally use. And, uh, Man, I have a life now. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a death sentence, you know. You, you, you have diabetes. You, you know, they, they say that the whole thing's analogous to diabetes. You have to live with it and take the medicine. Yeah. So and I'm okay the, with that. These doctors I, the, the, have collectively burned down the, the trust that we built, that they have built or we have built for hundreds of years to millennia in the physician occupation. And right now they're in the midst of destroying the entire thing because they've been so financially influenced by the medical industry. So I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm contemptuous of most of them, but I, again, I don't have a job to lose. So, uh, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm not so courageous. Well, I may ask you something. What, um, like for, do you think, there are some doctors that are going along with this narrative of you need to take the vaccine. You need to do this because they're just, uh, regurgitating the yeah. data that they're being given. Like they're trusting where their source comes from. Therefore they can now confidently tell their patients. This is true. Not knowing that the person behind the curtain has some evil, wicked agenda. Is that possible too? Oh, Joshua, let me tell you, Despite my three or four years of researching this thing and learning about medical corruption and all the frauds and everything else that's going on with the industry, I wasn't able to entirely red pill myself that I was correct until three months ago. 
I mean, I, I started four years ago and I, I've been working on all this stuff and I, I've been sort of following the COVID thing and the vaccine thing peripherally. And I, I didn't start talking about it until I heard Peter McCullough say that the 85% of the fatalities could have been prevented by these simple medications, which are universally available. And I mean, when I heard that and I believed him and I looked at the evidence, I, I fell out of my chair and I realized we have to speak up because this thing, I don't, I don't think any of these groups started out to kill millions of people worldwide. I don't think they started out with this idea, but once they did, they're stuck. The blood is on their hands. And if they get, if the, if, if, if the, it gets widely known what they did, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do to them. I hope we're powerful enough to take somebody down who is worth, you know, who has a net worth the same as a quarter of the government's, uh, you know, yearly expenditures. I mean, it's crazy. These, these guys are criminals. A lot of them are criminals. Yeah. I, I think it's criminal to be, I, I, I'm still just, I'm, I'm in awe how many people forgot about the Dr. Fauci uh, crap during the HIV epidemic, like how that's just been forgotten. It's amazing how, you know, history gets erased and changed and manipulated so that, future generations don't recognize the evil it's amazing how they can make things disappear i just i don't know i i'm i'm one of those people that i'm very fortunate that i have a platform that i can speak truth and i'm grateful that i can host people like yourself to come on and share truth because but it's not enough like we need more people we need people with the credentials to step up and and, and even if they are part, have been part of the problem, like, you know what? I guarantee you, and I know this from my own past evils. If you come out and go, I screwed up. I'm yeah. sorry. I did it because of this. It doesn't right. make it right, but this is what I did. And it screwed up. I was wrong. You know what? Sometimes saying you're sorry is enough. And mind you, there's a lot of people that are dead, but... That confession of I was greedy, I was whatever it may be, that would be healing for a lot of people. Joshua, I don't think if you've killed 100,000 people that it's enough to say you're sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's not enough. Un, no. If I'm talking about the unwilling. Now, Dr. Yeah. Fauci, like for him to confess, it's good, it would take a lot more. I'm talking about the the doctor in the middle of nowhere, bum. Right. F right, Oklahoma, right, right. Minnesota, wherever. And I only used Oklahoma because I was born there, but it's like, you know, those doctors out there in the middle of nowhere, like, I, like, I don't know if they're really setting out with the intention of, I want to murder someone. So their apology, I would listen to Dr. Fauci. Ah, he can burn in hell. Well, <laughs> you know, you maybe can confirm this, but from what I understand, Fauci has distributed over the course of his career almost a trillion dollars in federal money to all these different sources. So he's enormously powerful, and he's uh, he's entrenched with this this uh, group who seems to be trying to destroy our rule of law and create some sort of um, top down society. And so I can. I can get into the China thing a little bit. I'm not into the weeds too much about this, but one of the most credible things is this Chinese defector eyewitness whose name is Li Ming 
Yan. She's an MD and a PhD and a virologist. And she has come to America and has been speaking to um, to us about what, what has happened in the Wuhan and other labs over there. And she spoke at the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons meeting in October. And she said that the Chinese Communist Party, in collaboration with Fauci's funds and U.S. laboratories, created this disease and released it first on their own people and then on the rest of the world. And there's there's a lot of documentary evidence of this, and we can stick it in the show notes. But so the Chinese doctors were forbidden to treat their own patients or even protect themselves or their family from being infected. So this woman, I would assume that she's in danger of getting assassinated by some Chinese agents. But the CCP have written that the COVID bioweapon is unrestricted warfare against the rest of the world. And so all the people cooperating with this thing are somehow in bed with these Chinese. And I can go over the references a little bit. I don't think we're at the end of this thing by any means. I think we're we're going to see some disaster happen in the next, you know, they'll claim that there's another, um, you know, a, a, a problem or they'll release something else. I mean, it's just crazy. The zombie apocalypse. Yeah, the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Jeez. It is interesting that the CDC website has what to do in case of a zombie apocalypse. Are you kidding? You have to send me that link. <laughs> yeah, it's really there, too. Um, I will send it to you. It, it, I Because I didn't believe it myself. Because you know how memes are. I have it, to have a look at that. The, huh? <laughs> I have to have a look at that. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't believe it myself until I actually went to the link. And I was like, oh, this is real. Um, but I, I'm like that with a lot because you see the memes and it's like, you want, I want to believe it. And then you find out it's been Photoshopped. So I started doing all the extra steps to go, okay, is this legitimate? And, uh, but that one, what that one is for sure. Dr. Yoho, I, listen, I, I, I could talk to you. I mean, literally there, there's being able to talk to you basically opens the door for about 50 different wormholes to go into that are all about three hour conversations each. So I think we have to do this again. Um, I am so grateful for all your time. Can you plug literally everything that you want to plug, how people can find you? Um, I'm going to make sure that people have the links to buy your books, but please plug anything you want to plug. I'm not a profit. I'm not a money-making operation. You just have a look at my website, robertyohoauthor.com. It has the links that'll be in um, your show notes also. Yes, I think you're, you have to, your listeners should realize that COVID is a nothing burger. It's little to worry about if you have proper medications and treatment. And on one of the links below, which is the, you can, the listeners who don't want to go to the links, they can just Google AAPS COVID treatment guide, AAPS American Academy of Physicians and Surgeons, and they can download that and they can understand exactly what to do. They can obtain these medications from America's frontline doctors, or they can order them abroad, right? Which is a legal gray area. It probably isn't illegal to obtain ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine through through uh, Indian sources. And the best single book about this situation is written by Peter Bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And Bregan has an excellent podcast, as does RFK Jr., who is, he's got the most balls of anybody I've 
come, <laughs> yes, come across. He He's incredible. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy has deserted his, um, you know, his liberal base and is talking about constitutional law, which he's an expert at. And we've, we've abandoned all the bill of rights, except for the, I mean, the, uh, uh, amendments except for the second one it doesn't seem to be easily easy to attack people with guns <laughs> yeah oh man god yeah there you go you just opened another wormhole so now there's 51 to go down with you um i i i appreciate it i i appreciate what you're doing i know it takes courage and you know especially again when you have those credentials that you have in your history your education you know they're it puts you at a certain stature. Therefore, for you to go against the grain or go against the narrative, I, I think is inspiring. And uh, I, I I just, I'm grateful for you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. And I appreciate your letting me come on. Yes, sir. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Dr. Yoho, everyone. Uh, that was awesome. I really, really enjoyed that. And listen, all of the links, um, as I said before, You'll be able to go to the website, livemonoworldwide.org, which is right below. Um, you'll be able to find the media kit there with all the links to buy his books and find out more information about what he's doing. Um, again, it's okay to ask questions. And you don't have to just blindly trust your teachers. Your your You don't even have to. I wouldn't even trust your preachers at this point. Like, honestly, especially if they're telling you that you should go get the vaccine. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to question authority, especially when authority is constantly lying to you. It's okay to question the narratives. And typically, and from my experience, when you see the world going this way, go that way. Anyway, thank you for being here. God bless you guys. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.